The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link alongside James Anderson, our lead prospect writer. Shout out to New Day, N-E-U-D-A-E, for the song Lion Kings. Very happy to have them providing the music for our intro this season. James, going to be focusing on your latest Farm Futures piece. Real quick, do you want to talk about the Stake League auction last night? Because I know we're not going to have the chance to on the Saturday show this week. Uh, yeah, um... I don't know. Maybe I, just I, share your Byron Buxton projection for this year. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have Buxton at like two forty nine with eighteen homers, uh, thirty seven stolen bases, and you know seventy some runs, seventy some RBI. Like I, I think he has the potential to be a twenty to a twenty two, twenty three dollar player this year. Yeah, and when you got him for 12 in a 17-team mixer, you were understandably excited. Uh, 
was palpable excitement in the room <laughs> when you got that. that <laughs> I was ve- I was very excited. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see, we didn't see a ton of young guys go for much. Ben Intendi, you got him for how much? Twenty. 25 something like that or no i, I think it was like 20 yeah, yeah. which i like uh i pushed you up from 18 just because i love ben ben intendi too this year but i got bregman for 25 that was a good price. i'm i'm ending up with bregman and all my auctions so far because just love the guy man he's gonna be hitting second just really good skills can do it all yeah it's a wild auction i mean as normal this auction gets a little carried away. Kershaw went for 60. We saw a lot of inflation up top and a lot of really good values late. Still need to give DJ grief for bidding up my Joe Musgrove $1 bid. I was really excited to get that. But we'll move on to your latest farm futures. And we'll start, as you do in this piece, by looking back on your predictions from last season, your pitcher predictions. We'll start with the good. I mean, this one... The, there are no like real bad misses here on the and there's only one on the hitter side that was colin moran who we talked about last week i mean there are a couple bad misses the two <laughs> the two brewers ones were were really really bad and i i vowed not to make a brewer's prediction this year and on the pitching side so well that's fair uh, i mean those those uh i mean that's the thing i appreciate you owning up on these you're gonna have some like yeah you're gonna have some good ones and you're gonna have some bad ones you know just pointing out the five five best and the five worst i mean there were a lot there were a lot where it was kind of like oh like i got this part right but not this second part and and didn't include those ones in here but um yeah i mean i i hit on some guys yeah you're gonna have hits and misses just like in on a fantasy roster you know that's why i try not to roster bait so much anymore because yeah you're gonna have your your hits but you can have your misses too. Those chickens are going to come home to roost. So, uh, always, I, I appreciate you, you know, pointing out your your good ones, but also owning up on the mistakes. So, the good Julio Urias makes five, sorry, makes more starts for the Dodgers in the second half in the first half than in the second half. Given their usage of him, it ended up working out that way, where they had some options late, but he provided very valuable innings during the first half. Yeah, and he was 19 for all of those first half starts, uh, which to me is kind of the the kicker there. Like, there you could see a scenario last year where they might use him because they had a lot of guys that were going to come back from injury in the second half, and that was kind of my logic, and that's that's kind of how it bore out. Next one, Jose Barrios will make his big league debut on April 25 in a home start against the Indians. Two days off. Yeah, pretty good. So. If you haven't seen it already, go back and check out James's piece where he's predicting call-ups for this season. Very helpful. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, I have a few predictions this year in in the piece that ran uh, today about like kind of exactly when I think a guy's going to get called up. The Barrios one was a hit. Uh, I I was using some kind of basic logic that they would want him to come up at home, and they'd you know that that kind of made sense with the the timetable I was projecting for him, and so that one worked out. He obviously, I thankfully didn't make any predictions about how he'd pitch because I would have been wrong on that. (laughs) Yeah, you and I both. We had him, of course, in our NFBC main event league, but we should have listened to Scott Jenstead, who who says don't go after those uh, big names pitching prospects. And I said that in in the comments of this article, like I people were asking, like, well, who, what pitcher in the in the NL is going to make like a big impact this year? It's like they're 
isn't one other than Gazelman. Like yeah. there just isn't a guy that I would say will do that. Yeah. I mean, Josh Hader might get the opportunities, but who knows how he'll perform next one. Jake Thompson will post an ERA north of four fifty, and Arano starts to close the year at the big league level. 570 ERA. That was a hit. Now Thompson, do you, do you remember where you have him on your overall top 400? Because he's a guy now that I threw back in staff one. Well, he's not prospect really have... eligible anymore. Oh, that's right. So that's thankfully right. I don't have to rank him. <laughs> that's big. Yeah. He's eligible to be stashed in a minor league spot in that league just because he hasn't gotten to 20 games yet, but that wasn't even a consideration for me quite honestly. <laughs> no. Michael Kopech last year, you suggested he will bounce back from another off the field incident to be viewed as a top 10 pitching prospect at the end of the year. Hit that one on the head. That, other off the field incident I, I believe you're referring to as the fight right. to, which broke his hand yeah I mean he he it might even be hard to remember back like a year ago but he wasn't viewed as you know I think a lot of places didn't even have him as maybe not a top 100 guy coming into the year and uh helps when you have crazy good stuff at uh, the last two hits here I'm just kind of betting on guys with good stuff and that's usually uh, a pretty good rule of thumb yeah by the time we got to Arizona in November I mean everybody was talking about Kopech hitting 105 and then after another full offseason of course we saw him traded seems like a lot of people view him as you know aside from Alex Reyes probably the top pitching prospect in baseball so a lot to like there do you think he makes over under maybe like six starts this year I don't think he's up at all. No. Uh, they have enough young arms in front of him where I feel like a lot would have to, not only would he have to be excellent in terms of uh, making improvements with his command, but there would, you know, a lot would have to go wrong in front of him, I think for, for the spot to open up. And, you know, they're, they're not, if, if he was still in the Red Sox organization, I would bet, I would have bet on him coming up and helping out out of the bullpen. But there's no reason really for the White Sox to burn that, uh, burn the service time there for a guy that could be the special. Speaking of needing to improve command, Tyler Glass now has been showing some improved control, you know, with the walks cutting down the spring, still in the running for a rotation spot. Is he now on your mixed league radar? Or are you still a little hesitant in mixed leagues? Uh, what you know, I said in the comments of this article to to a guy asking about Glass now, like there's always a spot in you know deep enough league where I think it's a good time to to pop him, but I expect to be kind of lower than whoever the high man on him is in the room. Like I, I just don't, I don't think the you know I mean it maybe he's made some some improvements, but to me he could really benefit from another you know, two or three months in the minor leagues, really honing that in. Yeah, uh, maybe they'll give that to him. It's just that Trevor Williams, not exactly well, a big roadblock. I think the fact that he's this close to getting in, I mean, even if he doesn't get in uh, to start the season, I think the fact that it's, it's a decision suggests he'll probably be up sooner than later, even if he does get sent down. The final good one that you had here from last season, Dylan Cease will finish the year as the Cubs' top pitching prospect. As you said with Kopech, it was really just a matter of betting on the skills with, with this guy. Yeah, he you know he pumps triple digits with the fastball. Uh, another guy that has obviously a long ways to go command-wise. I think going into last year, he was behind Dwayne Underwood. He was probably behind Pierce Johnson, uh, among others, and now he's clearly the top guy on the pitching side for the Cubs. I have him ranked as the 106th best prospect, and their, their second pitcher on the list is down at 169. 
Now we'll get to the bad here quickly before we move on to your predictions for 2017. These are the funnest ones. Yeah, these are fun. <laughs> I, that's a word for it. Anyway, <laughs> Jorge Lopez will be the Brewers' best starter in the second half of the season. Clearly that wasn't the case, but <laughs> you maybe explain your reasoning and what you saw that led you to be high on Jorge Lopez. Uh, I think I just overrated the stuff. Uh, saw him, he you know, came up briefly in 2015. Uh, to me, he just looked like a nearly finished product in terms of a guy that could be a number three starter. And, you know, he goes to AAA Colorado Springs. The breaking ball stops breaking in the, the thin air. And I think confidence really became a, a factor for him. I mean, he was just getting lit up there, went down to, to AA, uh, bounced back a little bit, but still wasn't, you know, good enough that he's in the top 200 right now i mean he's he's well outside the top 200 i do think we see him back at some point this year but they probably just jump him over triple a because i don't think they want to risk him going back there and just getting his his head beaten in again next one Braden shipley's k rate bounces back to something in the 22 to 27 percent range with a move to triple a after it dipped to 17.8 percent last year at double a now we've seen Archie Bradley move to the bullpen this spring is, is Shipley a guy that, cause I know last year, obviously you were pretty confident in his skills, but is he a guy that you now find yourself out on in most keeper leagues? Uh, I actually, I think he's very comparable to a guy like Amir Garrett. Like I think they're very, very similar pitchers. And I bet I was betting on Shipley, because of his athleticism, because, you know, he's relatively new to, to pitching. Uh, you know, I, I was kind of betting that the, the stuff was kind of going to jump and it just didn't, it, it might've even taken a step back. And I, I kind of see Garrett the, the same way where a lot of, a lot of people have kind of been waiting, you know, it's like, well, you know, he played basketball, he's really athletic. Like he, he, there's, there's probably more upside here than than the typical 24 year old and his stuff. I mean, he, it's the stuff hasn't necessarily gotten worse, but as he's moved up the ladder, he's he's missing fewer bats. I think you're going to kind of see a similar thing with him this year. You have Cody Reed last year. You thought he would be last year's Rysel Iglesias, a dominant run in the second half, set him up for 2017 ADP inside the top 150. I'm a Reds fan. And seeing this guy in that, that slider, I got excited myself. But without that third pitch, without having confidence in that third pitch, he can mix in a changeup occasionally, but doesn't throw it very often. We really saw him have a lot of struggles at the major league level. And now it looks like he could be in the bullpen full time. I mean, forget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fastball command just wasn't there for him. He was getting, you know, really pounded. Hitters knew that they didn't have to worry about the slider. They would just sit fastball, and he wasn't locating it properly. So, yeah, that's that's what happened. I, I thought that they'd give him another shot in the rotation. I, I love that they moved uh, Robert Stevenson to the bullpen. That was actually – I had a prediction. One of the predictions I didn't mention uh, from last year was I, th- I thought he'd move to the bullpen – last year is when i kind of thought that that change would take place they waited till this year i i'm not ready to give up on reed as a starter but they for whatever reason want want to go that route and and give uh, rookie davis a shot um i, I sort of hope get that, some roi on that chapman deal 
got to get some ROI. Uh, at least they can say one of the players in the deal made it to the big leagues. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd like I'd like Reed to get stretched back out at some point. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. Not ready to give up on him just yet uh, as a guy that could be be useful at some point because of that that slider is so good. But yeah, I was was dead wrong last year. You know, I have mixed feelings about it because. <laughs> Obviously, you know, I, I liked Reed's potential in the starting role, but having him and Stevenson in that bullpen makes that bullpen, which was historically bad last season, most home runs given up by a bullpen in Major League Baseball history, at least that bullpen will be, should be significantly better with Lorenzen healthy, Storen added to the mix. Scott Feldman, opening day starter, maybe the saddest five, five word sentence. <clears throat> in baseball right now, but at least I feel a little bit better about that bullpen, which is going to have to eat a lot of innings. A lot of those guys, I think like Lorenzen, Bobby, and even Reed, they could get a hundred, hundred innings in that bullpen. Is this the Reds bullpen show or are we going <laughs> to, all right, fine. We'll, we'll reluctantly move on, but okay. You had Taylor Guerrero, Mr. Sheer potential himself. As a top 10 prospect for Dynasty Leagues entering this pitching year. Prospect, yeah. Pitching prospect, sorry. Top 10 pitching prospect for Dynasty Leagues entering this season that didn't pan out, and given the other arms in that system, I mean, he's pretty low in the pecking order right now. Yeah, he's probably a reliever at this point because they just, like you said, they do have uh, so many more options on the, the starting side. He was still effective at, at preventing runs last year. He just really went to a, a ground ball heavy approach that involves his K rate taking a huge step back. And at that point he just becomes a lot less interesting. Cody Medeiros. He said last year, he'll have the look of a future number two starter after posting an ERA below three and averaging over a strikeout printing in the Florida state league. Wasn't the case. Averaged a 6.8 case per nine last year, only 20 years old, but given the relative lack of success at the lower levels, it's just probably time to take this guy off of your, your keeper league radar. Am I right? I'm not ready to give up on him, but yeah, he, you don't need to own him anymore. I think you can safely throw him back in most formats. Uh, I still have him in my top 400, uh, but he's way towards the back. Just a guy to keep an eye on, see if he, he takes a step forward this year, because I still think there's, there's some ingredients with him that, that you look for in a in a young starter but i mean we got to see it we got to see it on the field before rostering him again all right we'll move on to your 20 predict pitcher predictions for 2017 here in a second but first i want to say thank you to our sponsor pristineauction.com again that's pristineauction.com they have daily auction auctions ending nightly with Hundreds of lots, tons of stuff for the man cave. Always something perfect for a fan of any team. Authenticity, it's so important at pristineauction.com. We guarantee authenticity and all items come with authentication from only the most trusted sources. Affordable. Most people don't think they can afford this stuff, but it is much more affordable than you think. That's pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Now, I'm poking around on the site, James. A Brett Favre signed autographed. This is wild. Signed jersey framed 95-96-97 MVP for 262.50. Boy. That's, I mean, 
put put that baby in the cart. Chris Bryant signed baseball for two fifty. You know, I have a nephew who is now three years old. I need to get him some some autographed balls. Maybe I will go to pristineauctions.com. Uh, not plural, auction, uh, singular. But let's move on to your pitcher predictions for 2017. You have here number one, Robert Gazelman is the Mets' third best starter this year behind Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom and puts forth, puts forth I can't speak today, SP3 production in 15-team mixed leagues. This is interesting because we had a kind of a contest on last week's Sirius XM show. Derek Van Riper and I were hosting and gave away a Roto subscription for the best bold prediction for 2017. Had to be bold yet somewhat really, uh, believable. And the one, the winner of that was that Gazelman will be the number two most valuable pitcher in that Mets rotation, which is kind of a fade of, of DeGrom. But look, Gazelman gaining a lot of helium, but we still, like last night in that in that stake league, we saw him go for what two bucks, two three bucks. Still a great buying opportunity with Robert Gazelman. Yeah, and don't I mean don't go into your auction and thinking that you're going to get him for two. I mean that that stake auction is is always notoriously uh, just a complete mess, <laughs> complete, it's a mess, folks. complete shit show. Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, I mean, it's not that crazy to say that he could finish as an SP three in 15 teamers because Steven Matz ADP is actually inside the top 45 on the starting pitching side. So that basically just means he kind of swaps places with, with Matz, which I don't think is unrealistic at all. You can look at what he did last year. Uh, he's not going to ever get projected like no, no projection systems going to, to say that he's going to be this good because of his minor league numbers, just not being that great, but he changed as a pitcher like he he's not the same pitcher he was at double a he's got a, a monster slider now he sits in the mid 90s with his fastball i mean this is this is a guy that has you know legit mid rotation upside yeah he's looked great this spring and i think i mean matt's shut down for three weeks already i mean you had yeah. to know what you were getting yeah. with matt's so he's exactly. gonna be in this rotation also all year. like zach wheeler is the fourth starter technically they announced gazelman before that though i just don't well, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, just in terms of when they take the yeah. ball, um, Wheeler is not going to pitch as well as Gazelman. And when, whenever Matt's is ready, I mean, by the time Matt's is ready, like who knows who's hurt. So someone, someone in that rotation might be hurt and he might just step into that spot. But if it comes down to Gazelman versus Wheeler, I am pretty confident that Gazelman's going to have the better numbers and there's not going to be a case for, for bumping him. So, I feel pretty good about him sticking in for the rest of the season. Now, I mean, Matt Harvey, of course, I think people may see this prediction and see a a Harvey fade, which it kind of is, but are you coming back around on Harvey just seeing that added velocity? I mean, I'm thinking about him again. Like, I I was just out. I was just like, there's no way he'll fall to a point where I would take him. Now I think he's a guy that if he falls far enough, uh, or even maybe if he was just kind of going where he was going earlier this spring, now that we know that he can he can pump ninety five, ninety six again. Uh, now he's a guy that you know there is some upside. He's a nice upside play. I still think there's a ton of risk though, so I'm not buying all the way back in. Your second pitcher prediction for 2017. Lucas Giolito posts an ERA over five and a strikeout rate below 18 percent 
in a run of big league starts this summer and goes undrafted in most 12 team redraft leagues in 2018. Uh, I mean, if that's the case, he might go undrafted in 15 team mixers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's always a point where a guy like this with the, the name value is going to be perceived to have upside to, to justify that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about Giolito this spring, so we don't need to, to really go over it too much, but yeah, I just haven't liked what I've seen. Number three, James Caprillion dominates hitters at double A for roughly 40 innings and similarly overwhelms triple A hitters over 10 five inning starts before receiving a final promotion in August and innings cap limits him to a half dozen big league starts starts, but he impresses to the point that he averages a draft position in the top 250 in 2018 redraft leagues. We saw him briefly in Arizona uh, in the fall looked really good. Uh, would be a pretty, pretty good rise. I mean, going from double a to the majors by August, there is, some uncertainty at the back end of that Yankees bullpen though. And his skills are, are very intriguing. Yeah. The, the back of the rotation, they haven't even decided who the fifth starter is yet. They've just told us where these guys are going to start the year. And then when they need a, need a guy, they'll be up in mid April. Uh, the big question with Caprillion is how many innings does he throw this year? Because he hasn't topped, I think 30 in a, in a couple of years, just because of injuries. So you you never know how much they'll push him. I think he I think he gets to you know hundred hundred twenty something like that this year, and I think they're going to be very cautious in terms of how many innings he's pitching when he is in the minors. Uh, I think they you know maybe they skip him every every couple of weeks just to keep the arm fresh. Um, but I, I I think he's almost ready. I think it's just going to be kind of a tune up. And as long as he does kind of what they're expecting him to do, I think that he is going to be on a trajectory where he gets to the big leagues this year. Forrest Whitley spends almost all of 2017 with low A quad cities, but posts an ERA under 3.5 and a strikeout rate above 28%. Is inside the Rotowire top 50 close. by the end of the year. Close. He's to close. It. He's close, he's close right, right now. now yeah. He's close right now. But he's uh, going to be there, you're predicting, and not only on our list, but a lot of the prospect yeah, lists. We're, we're way higher on Whitley than, than anywhere else, but uh, I'm basically saying he's going to make us look smart and everyone's going to kind of hop on the bandwagon after this season. Very interesting. Francis Martes, prediction number five, posts very impressive numbers at AAA, but is traded this summer and makes his MLB debut with a different organization well, the Astros land a front line starter for the stretch run. We were talking about this last night. You think they may trade him, David Paulino, a lot of those upside but risky arms in that system uh, to make a push at a championship this season. Yeah, I just I don't see the need for these guys. Like, I mean, obviously any any team would love to have a, a ton of internal pitching depth, but I don't know how, especially a guy like Paulino. I just don't think he profiles in that rotation anytime soon but uh martes to me the smart move if you're gonna shop him is if you're if you're open to trading him i guess this season i don't think it makes sense to have him debut in the big leagues because i mean he could get exposed you know all it takes for a pitching prospect really is if he comes up 
he could be as hyped as anyone if he comes up and really struggles against big league hitters that knocks a good like 30 percent off his his trade value so i think if you're going to deal him you just keep him at uh, in the minors you let him dominate hitters in the you know triple a hitters which he should be able to do even with he could have fringe average command all season and the numbers are still going to look pretty good because of who he's facing yeah i'm with you there um you know we got in here a little late into the the recording studio so we're going to cut this a little short relative we work hard but you know sometimes we don't work super hard (laughs) and i think it's time to you know maybe pick one or two and then wrap it up well i mean we'll jump around to a few but i'm just saying we're gonna have to skip a few here but check out the the full article for yourself rotowire.com slash pod for free 10-day trial you can go back and look at all james's work archived on the site Uh, i'm gonna skip max Fried. he's interesting but we'll skip him colby allard skip him walker bueller i want to get to number nine jarell cotton because his stock is getting a little out of hand he has an adp currently at 237 in fbc leagues but i've seen him go significantly higher inside the top 200 in some leagues you're predicting he's going to post an era over four and a whip over 1.3 while logging fewer than 150 innings of course the changeup is a great pitch maybe one of the best single pitches in baseball but where are you seeing the the flaws that are going to hold him back uh i just i don't i just think he is what he is i don't think he's this guy that people think they're drafting like i think yeah he's got a a really really good changeup. uh he doesn't have good command he has kind of an an okay fastball like it's not a it's not like he's sitting there with like two plus pitches the changeup's the only uh, really plus offering he has and people are drafting him like he's this like stud like high pedigree you know super high upside arm like that's not what he is and i i made the comparison on twitter like the dynasty community is typically smarter about valuing um these types of players than the the redraft community because we've just been on them a lot longer and this kind of reminds me a little bit of the way the redraft community was valuing young ho park heading into last year compared to how the dynasty community was valuing him like nobody nobody was freaking out about getting young ho park in a dynasty league draft last year i think he went in the 20s of my you know we you, every time every year you, you draft the last year's draft class last year's international free agents he went after a ton of guys that aren't going to hit debut for another uh, two or three years. Uh, similarly, if like you're having a dynasty league draft, Jarrell Cotton's going to go after a lot of guys in a dynasty league that he's not going <laughs> behind in single season leagues. Like, just look at the names that are going behind him. So many of those guys not only have better stuff, but have maybe proven it longer in the big leagues. It's just it's out of hand like you said like if if he was going around like pick 300 or pick 280 i'd be fine with that because you're getting you're probably getting a guy that isn't going to kill you in any category maybe he takes a step forward but right now you need him to be like a legitimate like sp what like six yeah yeah i mean and like a 15 you need him to be a guy that you just are never taking out of your rotation (laughs) basically and i just don't i don't see him being that this year yeah i think it shouldn't be the case, but he has and will continue to probably go in a lot of drafts over a guy like Robert Gazelman or like Michael Walker. Right. Yeah, it, 
Cotton going ahead of a guy like Gazelman is incredibly insane to me. <laughs> like I, I can't Defensive. stress I can't stress that enough. That is absolutely insane. Certifiably batshit crazy. <laughs> Number thirteen, Sixto Sanchez, who won't turn nineteen until July twenty nine, compiles a sub three twenty ERA. Close to 100 strikeouts and around 100 innings with low A Lakewood en route to entering 2018 as a top 75 prospect. Now, this name, that's an 80-grade name, Sixto oh, yeah. Sanchez. Oh, but yeah. he caught my eye because a couple of the individual rankers in this year's Baseball America Prospect Handbook had Sixto inside their top 50. And I noticed that just inside it, but I thought it was notable that he had made a couple of their top 50 lists. When I took him and staff keeper one in the reserve rounds, our friend Vlad Sedler instantly messaged me on Twitter and said, love the Sixto Sanchez pick. We were talking about him at the first pitch forums recently. Apparently starting to gain a lot of buzz. Uh, you have him pegged as a possible top 75 prospect this time next year. What is the repertoire so, well, of pitches? So maybe I'm not being all that bold then. Like I, I guess I didn't know. Well, for, for uh, fantasy, people it's were different. that high on. It. I mean, I and not everybody had him. Just two of the rankers. Okay, yeah. But, I mean, he's so far away that, yeah. and he hasn't pitched in a full season league that I, I just don't. Uh, I guess I mean I, I've I've Garrett Whitley super high, and he hasn't done either of those things either. Uh, but to me, like Whitley's a guy that that could move pretty quickly. Uh, Sanchez isn't isn't that kind of prospect i think of him a lot like uh anderson espinosa in and just sort of how long i think it's going to take him uh to climb climb the ranks and just how much buzz is going to be uh surrounding him on his way up but i mean this is a guy that can touch 99 with the fastball uh has developing secondaries that you know they'll the flash plus the curve and the change uh if one of those pitches kind of continues to develop as you'd expect for a guy that's this age and and has only pitched in the uh dominican summer league and the gulf coast league if, if he gets another plus pitch in that arsenal uh the control projects to be close to plus it's a really nice like he's six feet tall but it's a really nice six feet i like i like his body i like his athleticism uh i, I just think you factor in the, the you throw the name in there too like people are just going to be all over this guy this time next year and just in in a dynasty league even if he still is about three years away this time next year you'll be able to get a ton for him in trade yeah when i took him initially in that staff one auction that was several weeks back i said in the chat that it was like 95 percent because of the name <laughs> which i i meant yeah <laughs> but then i've since become more encouraged by that pick by all the positive buzz on Sixto Sanchez. Now let's move on to number 16. German Marquez puts up a sub-4 ERA and a sub-1-3 whip on the road while posting a league average strikeout rate, making him a prime ste- streaming option. Dang it, I cannot speak. When the Rockies leave Coors Field. So he's still technically competing for a spot in that rotation, but do you have little doubt that he will secure a spot and uh, maybe become the streaming option maybe in the first couple of months of the season. You know, I'm, I'm kind of going out there a little bit on this. I, I do think he gets a spot. I mean, projecting any Rockies pitcher to be uh, useful in any sense is all, is kind of risky. Uh, 
the the Rays traded him in the uh, Jake McGee deal, and you know I, they traded him because they thought he was a reliever. Like the stuff, nobody doubts the stuff. I mean, he's got a big fastball, big curveball. Uh, I don't think the Rays thought the changeup was any good or was ever going to get uh, to the point that it needed to be. And I think that they were a little iffy on the, the command, which is why they cut bait, but the Rockies see a starter. I know a lot of scouts that saw him last year, see a starter and a really good one at that. Like you'll find people that are really high on Marquez. Uh, he, he might just have good enough stuff to survive in Coors Field and be useful, uh, which would give them three guys like that to go along with John Gray and Tyler Anderson. Uh, he's just he's a guy that if you're looking for now production that might be a little undervalued, uh, at the very least on the road, I think he'll be competent. Let's get to these final two ones here. Number 19, Amir Garrett posts an ERA over five and a strikeout rate below 16%. James, you had to just rain on the parade. Ends up on waiver wires in the vast majority of formats by early May. <laughs> I took him <laughs> in the reserve rounds last night. Look, I respect your opinion, but I don't think it's going to be this bad. I like the guys. I mean, very athletic. I just think he's, you know, it's probably going to be some bumps in the road, but, you know, Todd Zola's talked about how Great American Ballpark does obviously play skew favorably for power hitters, but it's actually skewing more favorably for pitchers in terms of runs scored lately because so many fly balls, if they don't go for home runs, uh, end up being caught there in Cincinnati. So what is it with Garrett that leads you to be so pessimistic? I don't think he has any plus pitches. Uh, I don't think he has, you know, maybe he's got fringe average command. I, I don't know. I think that might be even a little bit generous. I just, I see a back end starter. I think that he will. It, well, as long as they keep him in the rotation, I see a back end starter. He might actually be more valuable if he was moved to the bullpen, uh, long-term, just, you know, a guy, a lefty that goes out there in the, the later innings and mows people down. Uh, because I do think the stuff would actually play up and, and get to the point where he would have a, at least one plus pitch in, in short bursts. But I just, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's honestly not that bold to say that any rookie pitcher is going to put up a five ERA. Yeah. Like it happens a lot more than you think. Um, that's why, like we're like we're saying for single season leagues, these aren't the guys you should be betting on in your staff. Like that's why yeah. I don't mind betting on a young pitcher if that young pitcher has already come up and, and proved it. You know, like a guy like Joe Musgrove, a guy like Robert Gazelman, those guys have come up and had success against big league hitters. Uh, but the guys that haven't yet, I just think it's it's awfully risky to to rely on them at all. I mean, taking a guy like that in the reserve draft, that's totally fine because I mean mo- most starters go in that draft. Um, that's true. But I just I think anyone that's targeting him or thinking that they're they're getting this high upside like late round steal or anything like that, I think you're a little off base. That's fair. That's entirely fair. But if you were you know putting a spot, putting a pinch, I know you wouldn't do this but if you had to choose between amir garrett and rookie davis if i had to uh i would take garrett for sure okay <laughs> number 20 <laughs> number 20 we talked about this too last night in passing you kind of hinted at it you're expecting zach birdie to join the white Sox bullpen sometime in the first half and take over as the white Sox closer in august after both david robertson and nate jones are dealt 
Very interesting, but you know that's it's kind of contingent on Robertson and Jones being dealt. But I think there's little doubt that Birdie has the stuff to close in the big league sooner rather than later. Yeah, he's got an 80 fastball uh, plus breaking ball. I, I kind of made the same prediction with Frankie Montas with the A's. He's obviously got a chance to I think break camp in the in the bullpen. Uh, but I do think both guys are closing at some point this season, assuming they trade both Robertson and Jones. They could obviously choose to keep one of them. Uh, I mean, they could keep both of them. I don't really see that happening. But, you know, I think why, why not just trade them both? You got all these young pitchers. You got guys like Reynaldo Lopez, Carson Fulmer, even Lucas Giolito, who might end up just being relievers. So what's the point in keeping these guys that have now trade value, especially when you got a, a closer in waiting in Zach Birdie, uh, who just pumps gas. Like I think I think you're looking at Frankie Mata, Zach Birdie as guys who might be next year's Edwin Diaz, where where people are just getting really excited about him this time of year. It's very interesting. Yeah, I mean we've seen the kind of holes these back end guys can bring and this team has shown as they've begun the rebuild that they'll they'll be happy to to deal some of these guys right away. I mean, we know Todd Frazier's being dealt. I think we all assume David Robertson is being dealt. I've kind of just assumed Nate Jones is going to get that job eventually, but I think you're wise to to make the case that, I mean, he could very well be moved as well. So uh, we'll, we'll see. The White Sox clearly not going to be contending, but still some valuable pieces they could ship off this this season at some point. Well, James, we appreciate your insight as always. Final drafts coming up this weekend. How many you got still? Just staff two, or you got another one? Uh, I have uh, the, my college league I do with, with a bunch of buddies. I'm actually traveling up to Minneapolis for that one. Uh, we'll be at the Loon Bar uh, Saturday nice. afternoon, so swing by, say what's up. We'll be the, the nerds in the room by ourselves with our, with our laptops, uh, drinking and drafting. So uh, that's Sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, it's going to be a good time staff keeper two always always you know, wacky I, but fun. I, I say you know really nice things about my other drafts i think staff keeper two always is kind of sneakily my my favorite one at least at least my favorite one that isn't with just a bunch of my old friends um because it's just such a cool league in terms of what we've you know we've both built up our rosters to the point that we're pretty proud of them and mm-hmm. Made a run last year. Probably don't have the horses to make another run this year, but I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, really looking forward to that draft. There's going to be, or that auction, there's going to yeah. be some really pricey guys going in that, that one. It's going to be wild and always good for some unintentional comedy and entertainment <laughs> throughout the auction. Well, thanks guys for listening. Enjoy your drafts. Best of luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.